The Press Pass on WKXL is presented by the Prescription Center, where the health of you and your family comes first. Check out either of their two locations, one at the Concord Hospital Campus, the other 125 North Main Street. The Prescription Center will also deliver your prescriptions to you free of charge. That's the Prescription Center, where the health of you and your family comes first. This is the Press Pass with Chris Ryan. This is where you hear unique conversations with the best athletes, coaches, and general managers in sports. I think you appreciate each and every one. Uh, each and every one is special in their own way. And I play with two guys that uh, they were on top of their game on a nightly basis, and people get spoiled. You know, they they so Manny, they so David, so. They, they start taking people for granted. Uh, opportunity for me. I know I need to help my team now, so you know, the better I play, the better it'll be for us. I think it's uh, one of the most important things is focus and consistency. Patriots headed back to the postseason, but first, a game in Miami against the Dolphins. We'll talk about that here on the Press Pass. I am Chris Ryan. So we've discussed the parity in the AFC throughout the course of this season, and it is exemplified here on this final weekend of NFL football. Patriots could finish anywhere from first to seventh, top to bottom. They know they're in the playoffs, but who they're going to play, that is very much up in the air. The most likely scenario, Patriots take on either the Bills or perhaps the Bengals on the road next weekend. But first, the Miami Dolphins, and Miami's been a house of horrors for the Patriots throughout the Bill Belichick era late in the season, whether the Dolphins are good or bad. Going down to the warm weather late in the year for the Pats has been problematic. They are practicing indoors with Belichick uh, turning the temp all the way up uh, in the Dome, but we'll see how the Patriots are able to react to the temperatures in Miami. But first, Patriots headed back to the postseason. I talked with Bill Belichick about that and how he is going to approach this final game of the regular season. Morning, Bill. How are you? Hey, Chris. Um, wanted to ask you, kind of upon reflection, given you know the way the season started and the amount of new players, rookie quarterback, um, you know the the accomplishment of making the playoffs. Obviously, it's not the ultimate goal, but is there a, a feeling of satisfaction at all that you were able to um, to clinch a playoff spot? Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you start the year, you, you want to, you know, be into the postseason. And uh, so the fact that, that we're one of the playoff teams is, you know, obviously part of the part of the goal. So, uh, you know, long way to go. We'll see what happens. But you, know, you, you certainly want to be playing in the postseason. That's that's the idea. And I had a question about um, undrafted players, too. Obviously, you had major contributions from four undrafted players um, yesterday. <clears throat> when you're looking at, you know, those guys, what are you looking for, you know, sp- specifically? Is it a skill? Is it a, a char- certain character traits? What are you looking for when you bring those guys in? All right, well, uh, first of all, you know, the, the guys that are available, it's a pretty picked-over group. You know, the 256 players have been drafted. So you, you know, you look at the players that are left and um, try to identify the players that you think would fit the best for you uh, based on, you know, each individual's situation and, and um, you know, circumstances, why they're available and, and how, what opportunity you would have for them and, and how well you think they would do with that opportunity. So... Um, obviously, I think character traits are an important part of it. You know, work ethic, competitiveness, 
uh, you know, somebody that comes in in that position, like, a, you know, John Jones, J.C. Jackson, Jacoby Myers, guys like that, they're, they know that they got a, a lot of guys in front of them and, and um, you know, are going to have to really perform well to, to be able to beat people out. But, you know, we, we, give, we give players that opportunity and um, hopefully um, players that are in that situation and agents that are in that situation recognize that if their player comes in and um, performs well, that we're going to, you know, give that, give that player a chance and, and aren't afraid to put him on the roster based on on, on the way he performs, not based on, you know, draft status or, you know, hype or something else. So, um, but certainly the, that, that willingness uh, for those guys to come in and uh, grind every day, start at the bottom, do the dirty jobs, work their way up, um, earn, the, earn the trust, and, which everybody has to do. It doesn't matter whether they're a draft choice, a, not a draft choice, a veteran, whatever. Everybody has to do that, but you know I think those guys know they they got a little further to go, and um, so you know having that mentality is, is a big part of it. Wanted to ask you about how kind of far into the weeds you get in deciding how you're going to approach a game like this, where there's all these you know, various scenarios about where the team may finish. There's the Buffalo game before. There's the you know, risk reward of injury versus preparation. How do you how do you decide how to best approach you know a game like this? Uh, to try to just, you know, stay on track with what we've been doing. And, you know, I think when we had good weeks of preparation, good, um, uh, you know, preparation, practice, um, you know, energy into the game, mindset, uh, whatever, whatever, you know, all that, however all that comes together, you know, that we've, we've been a lot better than when we haven't. So we're going to try to build that consistency and, um, you know, it's a good opportunity. Obviously, you know, Miami's a good football team. We know them well. Um, you know, they know us well. So that's a, you know, it's a good, we haven't played each other all year, but uh, it's been, you know, overall, it's a lot of familiarity between the two teams. And, and so this would be a good opportunity for us to really hone in on, you know, our fundamentals, our, our execution, our communication, and, um, you know, worry about next week, next week. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, you're welcome, Chris. Bill Belichick right there. Let's talk right now with Brian Flores. He is the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. In his third year down there, Dolphins have not been great under Flores, 23-25. and 25. And uh, we talk with him right here on the Press Pass. Hey, good morning, Brian. Um, obviously, Bill Belichick's been talked about a lot and his attributes have been mentioned. But I'm interested, you know, are there any particular attributes or leadership style that he has that is under discussed in your view and maybe that gained, you know, more meaning to you now that you're a head coach as compared to when you were uh, working under him? I mean, I think Bill is consistency is, is uh, I mean, I think that's, that's something that you know, maybe people don't talk about. You know, I haven't been in that building. Um, I think that's something that, you know, you see on a day in day out basis. Um, as far as how, you know, uh, you know, the approach, you know, the day-to-day approach, you know, he expects from players, coaches, everyone in the building. Um, and that's, that's you know, you hear the same message you know, really on a daily basis. Um, you know, I haven't been, uh, you know, this is, you know, it's been a while since I've been out there now, you know, out of there. Um, so, you know, I've, I've certainly, uh, you know, probably, you know, grown more of an appreciation for my time there and the things I learned, you know, 
um, uh, with with more time being 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 there. I think a lot of those things, you know, I try to apply, um, you know, here on a day to day basis. So, um, you know, you know, Bill's a great coach, um, um, and I, but I would say consistency um, in messaging and. Uh, uh, it's probably you know the one thing that 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 isn't talked about enough. Mac Jones for Rookie of the Year. Why not? I mean, can you think of a rookie across the NFL that's been as impactful as Jones? I think he's a top ten NFL quarterback at this point in time, and Jones has had a significant impact for the Patriots. Talked with him about this final game against Miami. Playing against Miami has been said by some of the guys to be kind of like looking in the mirror um, in terms of their defense. Is that something that? that you've noticed as well in watching the tape and is there anything you know, that you can gain from um having practiced against uh, you know these guys and a similar scheme um for a period of time here yeah i think obviously there are some similarities but um they are doing some some different stuff um and kind of adding their own flavor so they've done a really good job all year mixing it up but there are similarities but um you know they, they changed a little bit too and I've done a really good job, like I said, getting after the quarterback and being good on third down and all of that. So um, we just have to be, you know, ready to go. And um, you know, they have a good offense too that they practice against, so they see a good offense uh, just like we see a good defense. Every year of Devin McCourty's NFL career, he had headed to the postseason until last year. We talked to the three-time Super Bowl champion about going back to the postseason here with the Patriots. Hey, Dev, happy new year. Same to you, Chris. Um, what did the, the making the playoffs mean to, to you this year? Um, you know, given what happened last year, you know, given how everything kind of means a little bit more as you move through your, your career, what did that accomplishment mean? I mean, it's, it's why we play. And, you know, I think obviously last year wasn't, you know, what we wanted and, um, it's the reality in this league. I think, you know, I think I might've said it last year, I've been spoiled of coming in the NFL and going to the playoffs every year um, as if, you know, that's easy to do. So um, missing it last year and having the opportunity to be back and, and playing in the playoffs, um, it's a great accomplishment. But I'd be lying if I said, you know, coming into this year um, that it wasn't, you know, a goal and an expectation to be playing in the playoffs. And um, not to say that it was going to be easy. You know, obviously you guys have watched the season. It hasn't been easy at all. Um, but I think for this team, it was something that we set out to do. And, you know, we expected to do it with the guys we had here, the talent we had, the work ethic we had. Um, so, you know, I've learned in this league, you know, you don't want to be so happy about getting there that you go home right away. So I think it's it's key for us um, this time of the year. You want to just be playing your best football. So it was great, you know, coming off Sunday, getting a win against Jacksonville. Now, I think each week, you prepare and you want to go play well because now we're at the point where if you don't prepare well that week and the game doesn't go well, that's it. That's the end of your season. So you want to make sure you're doing all that. And, you know, I think for us, we got an opportunity right now this week to start that mentality, like I said last week, um, and prepare that way. So, you know, when we get into the playoffs, we already know what it feels like. And, you know, obviously Miami's a tough team. They beat us earlier this year. They're always hard to play, division opponent. Um, so we're going to get a, a good taste to me of what that, that playoff game is going to feel like the week after. Bill mentioned that something just kind of clicked last week for you guys in practice, and it kind of led up to, you know, the way you guys performed in all three phases of the game on Sunday. Was there anything that was said? Was there any, you know, moment that you kind of look back on and say this is kind of where, you know, the team 
found itself, so to speak, and got back to what you guys needed to do? Well, I would say there was a lot of things said, but I, I would say the main thing was that, like, this was it. You know, you lose two in a row, you make it three in a row, um, you know, you, you might as well start cleaning out your lockers. And I think that's what we all realized. Um, and I think as a competitor, as a team, um, our backs were against the wall and we responded. And I think that's a good thing. Um, but I think it, it it has to continue. Like it, it It's not a one-week thing. Um, if we want to be a good football team down the stretch, it has to be consistency. We have to bring that every day. And, you know, I think, like I said, this will be a great opportunity to see what that looks like going against an opponent that knows us well. And, you know, for them, what a way to end their season, you know, sweeping us. You know, I, I think that would be great for them. And I think obviously for us, you know, losing to a team week one, you want to come back and get a win um, and not leave with that feeling, you know, this team really controlled us. Let's head back over to the offensive side of the ball and talk with Kendrick Bourne, who's been a standout for the Patriots. Patriots desperately needed a receiver with speed, a playmaker last year, and Bourne has ended up being that guy for the Pats. You'll see him get the ball in different circumstances, but he always is able to get good yards after the first hit. Here is Kendrick Bourne. Hey, KB, how are you? Hey, I'm blessed. How you doing? Good. Um, curious as to how this season you kind of met your expectations. Everybody kind of has, you know, a, a feel for you know, what things are going to be like, and not just in terms of being on the football field, but the whole Patriots culture, living around here. Like, how has that kind of jived of what you may have expected it would be like? Yeah, 100%. I would say my coaches first, man, uh, how they challenge me every day. Um, I come in here, you know, I'm, I'm challenged. Like, I know something's going to be, I'm going to be tested today somehow, some way, and I, I, I enjoy that the most. I think that's what, has made me progress the best. Um, just being out here in the city and everything like that has been awesome too. Uh, the fans and everybody's been um, welcoming me with open arms, dude. Like, and you know, when you make plays, it's better. I want to make plays. I want to do the right thing, do everything right, so things go right with the, for the team and, and for myself. So, like, I would say my coaches, the way they push me, the way they challenge me, the way they develop me, and uh, for me to get better is is what I appreciate most, and I feel like why I've uh, been successful so far. So. Um, shout out to those guys, man. They do a tremendous job. And, you know, my job is to just do what they ask because they're setting me up for success. So if I can listen and apply it uh, every day and then go into the game, I'm going to have success. So uh, shout out to my coaches. And what's your mindset been when, you know, you get the ball in your hands and you're looking to get extra yards after that catch? Because Josh was talking about that yesterday and, you know, that explosiveness and how important that's been for the team this year when you get the ball what do you what are you thinking in that spot yeah, about how you're gonna get extra yards yeah just attacking you know being aggressive uh not running scared you know running to make a play you never know what's gonna happen and uh, bill emphasized that all the time you know just making the defense work you know not just run out of bounds or whatever it may be things just making them work and try to tackle us and stuff like that so um having that mindset you know good things tend to happen the defense relaxes and you running as hard as you can, you know, you might break that tackle because he thinks you're, you don't want to break the tackle, but and honestly, you're trying to break every tackle or whatever it may be. That's just my mindset. So I've made a lot of plays thinking like that. So like Bourne, this is a foundational year for Hunter Henry, who has been really impressive, particularly in the red zone as a pass catching tight end blocks. Well, also, and as a guy that Bill Belichick has watched very closely for years and kind of coveted, always wanted to have him on the paths. Here's Hunter Henry on his first year in New England. And I think it's been a it's been a you know a fun season. Um, you know, obviously there was a lot of new things going on, new area, new team, new culture. 
Um, felt like I meshed in well with it. Um, I really enjoyed um, being here. Enjoyed the season too. Um, everything that's come with it. Um, the good, the bad, learning. Um, I feel like I've become a better football player. Um, and just in the overall scheme, everything. So it's uh, it's been a pleasure, and I've really enjoyed this season uh, more than I probably have almost any other season I've had. Um, it's been a lot of fun. So looking forward to continuing to keep going um, and excited for this week ahead. Hey, Hunter. I hope all is well with you. Um, just want to kind of build upon that answer there. Like, What about this season you know, in totality has made this you know the most enjoyable uh, season you've had? Uh, I think a fresh start. Uh, it's been, it's been fun. Uh, I think growing with, uh, this new offense that I'm in, um, has been fun. I think, uh, being a part of Patriots nation now is fun. Uh, you know, it, the fans, the, um, the city and everything that is behind, you know, behind us. Um, I, you know, I can feel that and see that, especially at home games, man, it's been, a, it's been a blast. So, um, I think, those those things are some of the biggest things that stick out to me um, that, you know, just excite me and been fun. Yeah, sometimes you can just tell when players click, and it seems like you and Mac have, have clicked throughout the course of this year. Um, is that something that you get a feel for early on, or did that develop kind of you know, throughout the course of the season? How would you describe that? Uh, I think it's just continual growth, man, and that's only going to continue to grow the, year, the more years we put behind each, you know, with each other. So, um, I mean, he's a tremendous talent, um, smart, works hard, always trying to get better. I think that meshes well with me, too, because I'm the same way. Um, you know, I try to be very dependable, consistent, um, always trying to get better and work really hard. So, um, you know, I think those those two personalities have meshed well together. Thanks, Hunter. Appreciate it. No problem. As is usually the case with Patriots receivers, the stats don't jump off of the page at you. But Kendrick Bourne and Hunter Henry have had really Solid years. Born, 776 yards, receiving 14.9 yards per reception. And you look at Hunter Henry, nine touchdowns this year. Born, five for the Pats. Henry with 517 receiving yards. The rushing side of things, Damian Harris is still the predominant back for the Pats. But Ramondre Stevenson has been really impressive. The 23-year-old in 11 games this year, 572 yards on the ground, five touchdowns, 4.4 yards per carry. Hey, Ramondre, hope all is well with you. Um, obviously, everybody has expectations for how things are going to you know, go, and I'm interested in how your first NFL season, which obviously is not over yet, but to date um, has met your expectation of what it was going to be like to be a pro, maybe some things that you know, jumped out at you that are, are different than what you expected. Uh, I would say... Like being a pro every day is it's like is a different challenge. I would say that's the most that's like what I had to get used to. Like every day is like is a new day, like totally. And you really gotta focus on that day. You can't focus ahead. Uh neither on the past. So I would say that's the biggest thing I really learned from being in the NFL. It's it's an everyday challenge and you gotta you gotta really you gotta love it. Like you gotta love it. And how about the games themselves where you seem to have adapted you know, very well to you know, the NFL game had a lot of success so far. Has that been a surprise at all? Have the guys been, you know, faster? The scheme has been different? Or has it been you know, pretty much what you expected? Um, of course. I mean, it's it's the NFL from college ball. So it's a, it's a lot, lot different. So I would say just in every aspect, like uh, you mentioned, just like the speed of the game, 
different schemes, all the things you have to be looking for, the long play calls. So it, it just been, I was just say a learning experience this whole year, and I'm still learning. Get to the Celtics and Bruins here in a second. We're gonna close out with Dante Hightower, Patriots, one of the Patriots' defensive captains, and a three-time Super Bowl champion. Hey Dante, um, you've obviously won a number of championships, uh, three of the past two in college. Is there a certain feel that championship teams have, you know, going into the playoffs or going into a bowl game, uh, a place that the team has to be kind of collectively from a, from a mental preparation uh, standpoint? Um, maybe, uh, maybe not. I just think that it's, it's more or less of, uh, you know, guys just kind of buying into, you know, whatever's being coached, whatever the process, whatever the process is and just, um, you know, building off of that and having, uh, continuity, you know, being able to to do it each and every week. Um, you know, we kind of speak about that all the time, but, um, you know, honestly, whenever you're able to roll each week and you're able to grow and, you know, make mistakes, but, you know, not lose from them and, and learn quick on the run and, you know, make those, um, you know, special situation plays, you know, th- throughout the game, you know, those are, those are plays that, you know, might not get talked about a lot, but those are the plays that win. So, um, you know, just kind of being cognitively aware, you know, that, you know, we, we're not done learning, but also, you know, we know what process is and we know what, uh, what, what our blueprint is. So it's, you know, just more about us just, you know, putting the work in and then, you know, going out, executing, you know, getting stuff on the sideline, getting the adjustments and getting that done on game day. For the Boston Celtics, the only thing consistent about them has been their inconsistency. They are 18 and 21 on the season. They won two huge games, knocking off the Magic and coming from behind, winning overtime, and blowing out the Phoenix Suns, the best team in the NBA. And they lose to two teams that are under 500. Once at home against the Spurs, then they lose to the Knicks, despite having a huge lead. Is once again the third quarter and fourth quarter problematic for the Celtics. They blew a 20 point lead in that contest. Jason Tatum back, but again, the questions persist. Can Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown play together? I broached that topic with Celtics head coach Ime Udoka. Hey, Ime, hope all is well with you. Um, with Jason coming back now and the way that Jalen has you know, played over the last couple of games, how do you anticipate you, you anticipate doing anything differently with them from an offensive flow perspective? And and what have you noticed about you know, playing inside out with Rob and, and Al over the last couple of games? Well, Jason, obviously, that, that takes some responsibility off of other guys. Um, I think it's obviously in added benefit to have him and Jalen out there together. They haven't had a ton of time this year due to injuries and COVID for both guys. Um, so that'll be a benefit for the team overall, get back to some normal rotations and try to save some minutes and not overload guys. But, um, you know, that's uh, the progression of the year is those guys learn to play together, uh, making plays for each other, and then having another focal point on the court at all times so teams can't load up against one of, one of the other guys. Um, regarding the other piece you talked about, I think we've found some good things with off-ball movement. Uh, we kind of know what we get out of those guys with isolations and pick and rolls and some of those sets that we have, but um, we want to utilize our bigs and their passing abilities to, you know, whether it's out of the post or the, the high post, um, I think they can really initiate the offense well. We saw it against Phoenix and want to add that to our repertoire and have it be a piece of our offense, not just, you know, isolation, pick and roll, um, you know, some of the other things they do, I think that's an added benefit and it'll make us much more difficult to defend. COVID has presented so many challenges for us in our home lives, our work lives, friendships, all that. And a lot of times we've been watching 
professional sports to see how they react to certain circumstances. The NHL has been really interesting to watch. I talked with Bruins head coach Bruce Cassidy about how he's adapted to the COVID environment. Hey, Butchie, happy new year to you. Yep, you too, Chris. Um, I asked Bill Belichick this question yesterday. I'm just interested in what are the, the biggest adaptations you've had to make in, in COVID times and you know, pre-COVID compared to, to now, um, what have been the biggest changes? I was getting excited. I thought it was about a three or four receiver set and what he was thinking. <laughs> uh, adaptations to COVID is just don't expect to have any long-term um, concrete plans. You got to be able to go with the flow. I think we've, for myself, I've always tried to move pieces around anyway. So it's never, never been a big issue to, to switch things up. Um, Having, I think I, I've said this in the past, coming from a, an American League background for a number of years, you're used to having players getting called up. It's not just injuries that knocks guys out, it's call-ups. So that is, listen, that's not COVID, but where you lose guys at the last minute, it is where you got to scrap some plans for uh, maybe a certain line or specialty team unit you practice the day before and, and go forward. So <clears throat> a little more on-the-fly coaching, I think. This is the Press Pass. I am Chris Ryan. We continue to go in-depth on the Patriots. They take on the Dolphins' last regular season game of the year. Then it's the postseason for the Patriots as they will find out their opponent after Sunday's contest. Let's go in-depth right now on the Pats, and we'll start with Bill Belichick. And when we talked to Brian Flores earlier, you may remember he talked about Belichick and what was underrated about him, and he said his consistency, and particularly in regard to messaging. And I wanted to get Belichick's thoughts on that because we've Obviously, become to, we've come to know Bill Belichick as somebody who is very consistent in how he talks with the media. We need to coach better. We need to play better. We're on to Miami. We're on to Cincinnati or whatever else. I want to figure out kind of where that comes from, from Belichick, and how importantly he views message discipline. Morning, Bill. How are you? Uh, good, Chris. How's it going? Awesome. Um I was talking to Brian Flores the other day, and I asked him what the most underrated aspect of your uh, coaching ability is. He said consistency, and he also said consistency, consistency in regard to messaging. And you know, obviously, you've become famous for you know on to Cincinnati and on to Seattle and so forth in your external messaging. But I'm curious as to what you think you know is most important about consistent messaging to your team, and maybe where that that came from for you. Um, so it became significant that there is that consistency on you know, structure and discipline and messaging. Uh, well, yeah, I, I don't know, that's a good question. Um, you know, I mean, I, I try to keep things concise, uh, but I mean, look, you have to get into details to, you know, to get, get certain things done. But in terms of like team message and all, I think if you don't get the big picture, then a lot of times the details don't don't really matter. They get washed away. Um, you know, I thought my dad did a good job of that. I thought that, um, you know, Coach Harden and Coach Welsh did a good job of that at Navy. You know, when I, you know, observed them, um, certainly Coach Parcells was outstanding at that. I think that's one of the best things 
and he has a lot of great qualities, but I would put that near the top of the list. Um, Bill could really identify in, in very simple terms, you know, what needed to be done, whatever the situation was, whether it was team building, a practice, a play, a technique, what, you know, whatever it was, he, he could identify it a very simple way. And if you did that, you were going to be all right. And if you talk about 10 other things and you didn't do the one thing he was talking about, right, you probably aren't going to have much. So I'd say Bill probably is as good as anybody that I've, I've coached with at that. And, and I learned a lot from him on, on that and tried to, you know, try, I'd say tried to, to, you know, look at things in, in a way from big picture way that he looked at them and, and uh, not the exact same thing, but the process of, you know, identifying things in the big picture, making sure you get the big things right and identifying those properly and communicating them, you know, to your team or individual player or whatever it happened to be, but that they make sure you get the things right that you, you have to get right. And then, you know, then, then go to the next, the next layer there. So I'd probably put Bill at the top, Bill and my dad at the top of the list. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yep. You're welcome. Right, let's check in now with uh, some guys on the defensive side of the football, starting with Kyle Van Noy. Hey, Kyle. Just um, making the playoffs this year, uh, given how the team started. Um, obviously, you weren't here last year, but you know how things went uh, here last year. What did that mean uh, for this for this group? Does it feel like a you know a bigger accomplishment than making the playoffs who usually is for a group? Yeah, I mean that's the, always the goal. Anytime you can make the playoffs, a lot of people would have said we weren't, you know, but because we had a rookie quarterback. So, you know, everyone puts expectations, but we have our own expectations in our own house and we hold each other to a high standard here. And um, that's all around, you know, that's coaches included in that. We're all held to a high standard and we want to reach those as best as possible. And we're excited about it, but you know, we're going to play the odds out. We got to go in and win against Miami. Here's first year cornerback Jalen Mills. Hey, Jalen, how are you? How you doing, man? Good. Um, just, you know, how do you feel about your first season in, in Foxborough? It feels like, you know, your play has gotten steadily better throughout the course of the year, more impactful. Uh, what have been your biggest impressions? Um, I try not to like, you know, just thinking to it too much um, as far as, you know, um, of course, you know, as, as, a, as a professional athlete, you want to have the best season as possible. Um, but I think it's more of a, a weekend and week out type of thing here. Um, we're just trying to go out there each and every weekend and put on uh, you know, my best film each and every week for this team. More now with Dietrich Wise Jr. Hey, D, how are you? I'm doing well. How you doing? Good. Um, just the accomplishment of making it to the postseason. Does it feel a little bit extra special this year, given you know the fact you guys didn't make it last year, uh, the way things started this season? Was it, uh, was it a bit, bit more of an accomplishment than usual? No, it's always a great feeling to make it to the playoffs. Uh, one of those things that you should never take for granted. Uh, first two years made it. It was kind of a thing where I thought it was going to be every year. Obviously, we didn't make it last year, but this year is a great feeling, and I'm equally excited. And both Bill and Devin were talking about how things kind of changed midweek um, from a focus perspective. 
Um, what did you know? Was there a particular moment where things, you know, changed or kind of clicked for Devin? So now it kind of has to be, you know, the time for you guys uh, leading into the Jacksonville game. Well, I believe uh, those two guys did a great job of refocusing the team, uh, making sure that everybody was focused on what the task was at hand, and that was to win. Now an in-depth conversation with Matthew Slater, who's a fascinating individual. Of course, he's won three Super Bowl championships with the New England Patriots. And uh, we're going to hear a little bit about his foundation and also some of his fundamental beliefs, a little football too. This is uh, with Matthew Slater. Um, you know, I think for us as a family, we we realize how blessed that we've been. And God has given us such a tremendous platform through the game of football and given us tremendous resources and relationships to, to be able to try to have a positive impact. So for us, I feel like uh, we feel a responsibility to give back, to empower people, uh, to give them the hope of, of Christ, the love of Christ, show them the love of Christ and do that in as many ways as possible. So really, really, this is a vision of, of Shazad's that, you know, she got me to see, um, you know, you start talking about a foundation and it can be overwhelming, but, uh, we feel so strongly about the community of Providence and the community of Boston and surrounding areas that, you know, we felt like, hey, let's take advantage of what we have here, the relationships that we have, and, and try to do some good work. So, you know, we started with the um, jamboree that we had this summer down in Providence, had a bunch of different community groups and and people locally there in the community doing good things just to come out. And it was a resource fair, uh, connect people in the community with the resources that are available to them. So what we'll do moving forward, it'll look a little bit different. Some organizations will just walk alongside and support. There'll be individuals that we support. Um, as, as long as these things kind of align with our mission of providing hope and, um, and our faith is obviously going to be the center of everything that we do. So it's humbling, Mike, to be in a position to help others. Um, I've always felt like, you know, you should always ask the question in our position as NFL players, not what can I get out of this, but what can I give? What can I give back? Because the game has given so much to each and every one of us. And, uh, you know, we, we're able to have an impact on, on so many people in so many ways. So I hope we do some good work. Thankful for my wife and her support in this and excited about what the future holds. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Nathan. And next question, Chris Ryan, please. Hey, Matthew, how are you? I'm well, Chris. How are you? Good. Um, I have a question kind of building off of that where you have always been really open with your relationship with, uh, with the Lord. And um, there's been a time where players have not wanted to, you know, kind of talk about things that are outside of, of football really until recently where there's been more obviously discussion about social justice and, and things of that nature. Um, where did it come from to be, you know, as comfortable as you are in, in talking about that, not just in, you know, in the past athletes would talk about it very loosely, but you talk about it in kind of a holistic type of um, way. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that, that question, Chris. Um, for me, I, I mean, the greatest example that I had was in my home, my father. And I, I saw the way that he carried himself, obviously towards the end of his career and then into retirement. And he always had great perspective on what it meant to be a Christian who happened to play football. And I think that's how we've always seen ourselves. So 
we're very mindful of the fact that everything that we do, we try to do in the name of Christ and that he has given us a platform, we believe, uh, to take advantage of, uh, to point people towards him and, and reflect his glory. So, uh, look, I, I know that in today's society, people feel differently and have different beliefs, but that's our belief. And that's something that we embrace and we try to do so with humility and kindness and um but we don't want to do it with a spirit of uh, fear at all. We want to be courageous with it because we acknowledge the fact that we feel like everything we have comes from him. So that's a long way of answering. I got that from my dad. Um, he's done it in such a classy way for so long with a lot of uh, courage and a lot of, you know, truth and vulnerability. And I appreciate that about him. And that's something that I try to model uh, the same way my dad did. And just a football question, too. Um, I asked Dante Hightower this the other day. But can you, is it possible to get a feel for a team, you know, going into the postseason about where you are collectively as a group and if you're in the right place to win a championship or not win a championship? And is that something that's tangible or is it very much, you know, case by case? Yeah, you know, I think it's case by case. So many things have to go right for for you to end up in that position. Um I think for us, it, we need to be hyper-focused on just controlling the things that we can control and trying to play our best football when we need to. And obviously the time is now to do that. But, you know, I think if you start trying to get a vibe or projecting or, um, you know, predetermining, hey, we've got this or we've got that, I mean, any number of things can change or go your way or not go your way. So let's just focus on the controllables. Um, you know, I like our group. We have a lot of confidence in ourselves and, and the way that we play. Uh, but I'm sure if you asked all the other teams that are playing right now for something, they'd say the same thing. So that's the beauty of this thing, and, and we'll see how it goes. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for the question.